you know, if you gave me $1 million and asked me if I would ever make um, an episode on this topic, I probably would say no. And I would say no because I want to say up until very recently, I did not have any concrete piece of evidence to say, you know, um, I had ever experienced something like this. Uh, so welcome to today's episode on Who Me with Sarah. And we're going to be talking about microaggressions and biases. Yeah. Um, the other day I was on LinkedIn. I was scrolling. Uh, I'm always on LinkedIn. <laughs> and I saw this guy. He was a Nigerian in the UK. And he dropped this post about how you know he thinks he's going to be fired at his job and he had recorded this whole video where he walked into another co-worker um, a white lady and told her how you know every time he comes to the office she's always laughing and cutting funny jokes and if he does anything makes a mistake she's laughing and things like that and he feels like he's feeling some microaggression and he had recorded the whole thing on his phone and i remember watching it and thinking ah which kind of presumptuous action is this like why did he record the whole thing on his phone but then I read um, his post and how you know his boss called him to his office and started to accuse him that he walked into the office and started shouting at this lady and how he was being an angry black man and things like that. And I guess to him, maybe in the heat of the moment, because I mean, this is online, he wrote down everything that had happened to him in that interaction and posted the video as evidence that he had calmly walked up to the lady and asked her a question not the way it was phrased that he was an angry black man now i remember watching this thing with some interest and just thinking hmm man like people are going through a lot in the office and um you know from my own personal experiences i always try to be optimistic about situations whenever when i moved abroad rather and i heard terms like you know microaggressions biases even racism i would always say mm, i mean maybe people are just not nice people not like they're not nice people because of my my gender or my skin tone or, or a bias or something like that but lately i'm starting to understand that people are also not ignorant about their actions and what can we do when we identify that people are not ignorant about their actions i'll give you a personal example i had a situation where a male colleague was constantly you know um, on my projects forgetting that it was my project attributing my project success to my male colleague um you know in a meeting i'll be speaking and it's when i'm speaking that he literally will start doing a million other things or carry his laptop and go out to get a drink of water and then come back when i've miraculously finished speaking <laughs> or you know while i'm talking like talk over me or ask if my male colleague was going to present the project instead of me even if it was just my own project and that's just like tip of the iceberg example right and i remember in those situations always feeling like mm, this guy maybe he's just being ignorant maybe he's just like a dismissive person um, in general i shouldn't be offended and then uh basically one day one of my female colleagues uh, walks up to me and says oh can i have a conversation with you and sits me down and proceeds to talk about the same guy doing the same thing to her and you know being dismissive of her and not like listening to her when she was speaking 
and uh, tip, uh, basically giving her work like she was a secretary and not a senior colleague that she was in the organization. At that moment, I, I kind of understood then that this was a pattern of behavior towards women, right? And um, not even just on the gender aspect. I, I have a personal story where I had drawn something and two professional colleagues had walked up to me and looked at what I had drawn and said, oh, that looks like a world from Africa. <laughs> And I say these things laughing because I know who I am and I'm secure in who I am. But even in 2023, we have situations whereby people are being, you know, harassed and are getting aggressions, uh, microaggressions because of things like race and gender and the perception of, of not being credible in their line of work or stereotypes of what people think about, you know, certain types of people. And this needs to stop. And of course, like we have uh, the corporate world has come up with all these different things, employee resource groups and, uh, you know, speak up if something is going wrong or, um, you know, women for women and, and, you know, colors for colors and shades and all of that and diversity and inclusion and all those like very, very jazzy words. But we often neglect the people who are actually going through these microaggressions in school in the office in in their part-time jobs in you know in their internships in nyc or whatever just being harassed for any and everything whether it's in the western world and it has to do with race and gender or it's in you know uh developing countries and it has to do with just like oppression based off the hierarchy of an organization biases exist aggressions exist and toxicity in places exist and yes as as i just mentioned they're previously being addressed in a corporate way but we need to start talking about how we address these things in a personal way and i think oftentimes we're always trying to find the best solution that can um, help us address this from a personal way which is oh take the person aside one-to-one tell them tell them how you feel and all of that and that is great but i want to explore the posture (laughs) the heart posture when it comes to being in a situation like that where you find yourself dealing with a microaggressor or a bias or oppression or suppression or all of that and what the posture of your heart should be in those kind of cases so i'm a believer and of course my first response is what would jesus do i mean cliche as it sounds to whoever that is listening that really is the guiding light for how i make my decisions what would jesus do how would he have me treat this person this is someone he died for even if the person is not being the nicest person to me this is someone he died for and trust me transparently to you that has saved me many times from my mouth or my temper getting the best of me and just you know feeling like i if if i was in the wrong place in in an alley (laughs) you know something like that it controls my speech it controls my actions when i'm faced in these um cultures or spaces where i feel this um bias or aggression or or something of some sort it helps me to think 
uh, and even from a spiritual point of view, it helps me apply that in a logical way in the corporate world. It helps me be um, have the emotional maturity that I need to speak to the higher ups about this situation. It helps me have the emotional maturity I need to speak to the person one on one in this situation. But most importantly, going back to the heart posture, it helps me to not expect anything from that person. It helps me that their their treatment of me does not take away my joy does not affect my credibility as a person and as a professional or still um, the joy i have in in my office space or in my projects or whatever it literally helps me to see the sunshine in every situation if that makes any sense and so my happiness is not dependent on even the situation changing you know the person changing even if it will and it does but it's not dependent on that. It's dependent on the fact that I can recognize uh, what is happening to me, be emotionally mature, uh, follow all the corporate process, uh, personal strategies I want to use to diffuse the situations by, um, um, in my human way. But based off my faith in God, and my conduct, my Christian conduct, it can help me to, to leave that situation, you know, uh, what do we say? Taking the high road. It makes me not sink down to, to that person's level. Because oftentimes when you think about these things, when someone is oppressing you or you feel a microaggression or, or you know, you know, some people have really harsh situations. Like the guy we're referencing in the beginning of this podcast who literally his boss called him in and called him a liar and said that he made a portrayal of him that made him seem so bad and you know you know if he went somewhere else and and they had called for a referral like that's what they would be saying about him if he didn't have proof things like that almost make you want to compromise the conduct you have as a human or the conduct you have as a believer right where you find yourself gossiping about those people being angry about those people not cheering on for their success happy if they fail things like that and what that does is that it takes from you and makes you um a version of a person that you know that people can't even get behind if that makes any sense right there's something about being a matter <laughs> Even in situations like this, I mean, call it, let's call it, say, you know, by and by persecution, right? For our faith, we have history of people being persecuted for the faith. Now, in our pop culture world, there's bias, microaggression, or all these things wrapped under some sort of social persecution as well, where someone is you know are treating you in a standard that is less than because of of your gender of your skin of where you come from of how you sound you know of the fact that you're just not like them it's persecution by and by and how do you want to respond to that persecution you can respond to that persecution by by uh you know being at war and having a mindset that any every and anyone is your enemy and always living on um you know living on the line towing towing the edge always thinking about what's next and how somebody's going to persecute you that could happen second thing that could happen is you could change yourself to try to be more like those people who really are not anything you want to be like 
you know, people say, uh, there's this saying that says, hurt people, hurt people. You don't know where they come from. You don't know their background. You don't know the naivety or lack of knowledge that they have to treat you like that. And then sometimes some people try to like blend or, you know, uh, tone down themselves or, or just change themselves to fit in, to look more like the persecutors because they feel in some way that communion of effect will, will stop the persecution, you know, if that makes sense. And then the third way is to be like Stephen, right? So Stephen in the Bible believed in God's word. He believed in the gospel. He was a follower of Christ. And for what he believed in, he was stoned to death, right? But even in those final moments, you know, it always gets me where he was being stoned to death. Stephen looked up to the heavens and he saw Jesus. And he prayed for the people that were persecuting him. I know like sometimes we read these stories or we hear the stories of martyrs who were, who were staked and burnt in the fire. And we think, ah, no, I don't know. Like, can that be me? And sometimes it, it may not even be that deep it, it, for us. Like in this social area, persecution is, is being cancelled on social media. And I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, being cancelled on social media, some people in the world are being persecuted in life or death situations, of course. But going back to the area of being persecuted, not even for your faith, but for a just a human bias, your gender, your how you your accent, your your race, you know, where you, your country, right, your passport. When those things happen we can still choose to be like Stephen, not letting these things shake us. Seeing these people as, as people who are broken and need light, right? And rise above their behavior, not sink into the kind of behavior that they have. So the reason why I was talking about all of this is because personally, I have been tested experiencing these things as a lady who is black who is from nigeria who is a christian you know so many things i've experienced this and i have often almost been tempted to compromise to play the dirty office politics that they want to play where it's like you're building this barricade of supporters around you and those supporters are only supporters because you're all gossiping around um, about the persecutor and so you feel safe in that bubble or a negative aspect where you're always trying to aggressively be above that person or or like you know one step ahead of that person so you are like kind of like ahead of the persecution but those things can change who you are and almost changed who i i am right and anyway it doesn't matter you know um in the grand scheme of things what that person is trying to tussle with you for a project a promotion a a taxi (laughs) right what matters is that you don't lose your sanity your peace your your sense of self to because of something that really is temporary or because of something that's really should not take away your peace shouldn't take away your joy and so for me when i experienced these things as someone who moved moved all the way from my country to europe i really just trust my father i know that he has good good plans for me 
And I know that whoever is living in this ignorance is in darkness and they are someone who needs the light. And so I'm not going to be um, pulled into that darkness, but instead I'm going to try to bring a light to the person that is blind. Because if someone cannot see your value, or if someone just for absolutely no other reason than than a than a social construct decides to be a mean human being to you, then they're not worth you um losing your your sleep over. They they are what your prayers, they are what your compassion, they and and they are what your 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 love in the sense that you don't like retaliate in, in the same kind of way to them and all of that but they are not what you shaking up your day your joy yourself your compromise your your principles and compromising your standard just to just to prove a point or just to just to get up them so um practical ways to deal with this is is one taking it taking some time to really uh, gather evidence about this happening to you of course comply with office policies if you feel like you need to escalate it um check <laughs> that you have a uh, close confidence in the office that you can confide in and if that's not a case then that's not a case right and if your office policies will harm you rather than help you then also be very careful about that but like i said do not compromise who you are in the workplace, in your school, in your part-time job because someone is showing some aggression or some suppression or a bias to you. If you are in an unsafe situation, run away. Uh, and if you are a believer, our God always has a way out for you. Peace in every storm and a way out of every situation. There's basically light at the end of the tunnel. So this was meant to be an encouragement, but also an open question because I want to know, how do you deal with these aggressions? How do you deal with these biases? Where do you think it comes from? And what do you think we can do um, as people, as believers, as humans to just stop this, this particular type of darkness? Thank you for listening to Who Me with Sarah. And I'm so excited for our next episode. It's going to be something really new, really deep and really personal. Thank you for listening. Bye.